Hi, I am Tingan, and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. This month, we have a special collaboration series with Sleek, a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs to start and grow their businesses in Australia, Hong Kong, Singapore, and the UK. I speak to four parents in Sleek to find out how they create work-life integration and balance their career ambitions with family aspirations. In this episode, I speak with Julian, CEO and co-founder of Sleek. Julian is a parent to two boys, age five and seven. Hey Julian, welcome to the Parents in Tech Show. Super excited to have you on today and you as a successful entrepreneur, but also you as a father. To begin with, could you tell us a bit more about your family? Hi, Tin. Thank you for having me today. So I'm Julian, father of two young boys who is five years old and Oscar who is seven years old and husband of Constance, my wife, who is also French. So we've been in Singapore for 15 mm-hmm. years and both my kids were born here pretty much at the same time as I was studying sleep, actually. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to get into that. But before that, for some of our audience who is unfamiliar with Sleek, could you give an introduction? What is Sleek? Yep, Sleek is a Phoenix startup that aims to be the one-stop shop for entrepreneurs and micro-businesses to start, run, and grow their businesses successfully. So we help you with company formation, legal support, accounting, Corpsec, and more recently, we launched a, a new bank. Entrepreneurs get, get a bank straight away, right after the incorporation. So that's what we do. Basically, taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of so that uh, founders and entrepreneurs can focus on product, focus on serving their customers while remaining compliant and consistent and disciplined with all of those things. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. So let's jump right into it. You said you started Sleek around when both your sons were born. Tell me a bit more about that journey, right? Maybe tell me a bit more about that company founding journey first. And then where were you in your family life at that point? Sure, sure. So Sleek is my second startup, really the second really serious startup I founded. The first one was in 2010. And I left the previous business because it wasn't really successful. Mm-hmm. The misconception about the market size, most, most importantly. So around 20. So, but all along this first startup, I was very frustrated with my back office, my admin, my paperwork. And so I thought there would be, you know, much better way, much more, you know, much cheaper, much more digital, you know, to do it. And out of my frustration, the the idea of Sleek was born. And then I met my co-founder through friends we had in common, who was also a French guy in Singapore. He was more a marketing guy, a more product tech, and probably a bit more analytical and is more creative. And so we decided that was a good time to start Sleek. Got it. At the point where you start Sleek, right? Where were you, right? Did you already have your elder son or where were you in the family planning journey? Yeah, my second son was born in Jan. And I think we put the first PowerPoint in December, the previous year, right? So about really the two were pretty much born months apart, really. And so I had my first boy was two years old, so really lovely and getting a bit easier to manage in terms of sleep. And yeah, I thought I would be taking a shot at starting a new company right. again. Okay, you got to tell me, right? At that point when you welcomed your second son into the world, you just put together a pitch deck a month back. I guess at a point you were meeting with investors. Like, what was it like? Was it stressful? Were there any challenges? Much less stressful than the first one, right? As parents, anyone who had, you know, more than one would okay. find that the second one is a piece of cake. And actually... 
it works for startup as well, right? I think it's you mess up with so many things in the first startup, you get right the second time True. because of you know learning. And I think there is many parallels between having kids and doing startups, uh, being an entrepreneur. There are many many things in parallel, and um, and yeah, so I wasn't too you know too worried about that because yeah. um, I knew it would be all right. Deep down, I mm. had grown in experience from my first boy and my first startup. I guess. Very nice. Um, so both one both, you know, you bring the richness of experience both at home and at work. And I think that really kind of gives that confidence. But maybe let's let's go a bit deeper into also the 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 support structure, right? That you and your wife kind of created to make sure that your second son as well as your first one are well taken care of. Uh, it's quite different, I've learned when it two is to one ratio, two adults to one child versus a one is to one. So tell me a bit more about what were some of the arrangements, some of the things that worked. Yeah. So my, my wife also works and has a business and was working back then. So mm. she was, uh, you know, she had the two or three months maternity. I forgot. We also have a helper at home to compensate yeah. for not having grandparents that we could send the kids to sometimes. So that's yeah. the kind of structure. So it's a kind of three to two ratio with the helper. Yeah. And yeah, I think that works well for us. We try to spend as much time as we can with them. So we don't Got expect it. the helper to be doing and i mean i think the helper is really here f- to do the things that to free up time for us to spend time with the kids so that's really the whole objective so everything that is to do like going outside going in the park doing the sports you know cultural activity we try to do ourselves um, but we do nothing else right we don't do any house chores and stuff right so really it's about because we work both hard we both have businesses so it's really about yeah optimizing Absolutely. Identify what are the parts that are irreplaceable and what are the parts that are replaceable and then outsourcing that. Much like also running a business, right? Exactly. So building a company is also 24-7, right? There's always things to get to, always something to be done. Tell me a bit more about how you set those boundaries. How does it look like weekdays versus weekends? As you have kids, I think you start to learn as to compartmentalize things and to really manage your time much better because there is so many so many hours you can work and also you learn mm. to work when you are tired because having kids you are constantly tired and so you need to deal with your own frustration and you know things not going the way you want yes. and i think that that teaches you a lot about time management and so we end up i'm not like a, a complete so i like to work like very intensely yes tight. Roughly eight to eight every day, but I don't do much on weekend. I don't do much at night. I don't like having calls in the US. I don't like, you know, Buddhist uh, locking time at, you know, 10 or 11 p.m. Because I, you know, when I'm here, I'm very present. And when I'm with my kids, I try to be very present as well. So I think that's how I work. That makes sense, right? And so when you are at work, you're kind of fully into it. And then when it's time to be with the family, also to be 100% focused on them. So I think this is incredible, right? That I think you have that clarity. And like you said, probably that comes with the experience. So now that you also started your second company, tell me a bit more about the intentionality behind setting the culture, right? Because it's quite well known or rather it's uh, that's well known that uh, basically the founder, the CEO uh, dictates right, how people work, what is rewarded, what is not, and, and essentially what that's what culture is. So yeah. how did you think about that and how did being a parent influence that? I think being a parent definitely gives you a lot of more focus on the long term. 
And I think when you focus mm. on long-term, you try to focus more on culture, which is the thing that really lasts and will be much going much beyond what you're actually doing as a service, or as a product. And so yeah. I think it really coincides about, you know, what are you here for? Yeah. What are your, your, you know, your values? These are the things you want to tell your kids and to teach your kids, right? It's really more about the value than how to do things, right? And so I think as a CEO, I became much more aware that I should be more focused on why we do things than how we do things because, you know, that's what I do also with my kids. And you tend to, um, so yeah, culture has become very big. We have five values at Slick for one for each letter that everybody knows in the company that the 300 staff knows perfectly. So it stands for simplicity, loyalty, excellence, entrepreneurship, and kindness. And so we expect that everybody knows them and behaves according to them. Uh, and that's probably, you know, values that I bring home yeah. as well. Got it. Now, I think as you went through your different values, the one thing that stood out to me, it's kindness. You don't see that often in company values. Tell me a bit more about how that came about and how that is put in practice. We think it started as, you know, it's both internal and external. So we like our clients very much because they are kind. They are entrepreneurs. They're trying to do stuff. Hmm. You know, we, we're not in the corporate world, right? And I had good years in corporate, so, you know, plenty yeah. of corporate guys are, are, and ladies are, are kind. But I think being an entrepreneur, I think you're trying to do something, you're humble, you know, you, you, you work hard for it. And we find that a lot and a lot of clients are very kind. That's one side. The second side is internally as a team. I think we spend so much time mm. together that I would rather be working with kind people than unkind mm. people. And, you know, there are some people say we don't need to be friends to be working together, but I, yep. I kind of disagree. I think we don't need to be best friends and spending our weekends together, but I need to like you, to trust you, to have a lot of fun working with you so that I don't feel I'm going to work. Yep. And so a lot of people that sleep, most of them I could, you know, I don't have an issue having yep. a, a dream or could have a lunch with them anytime because I like them and they are kind, right? So we treat each other with kindness. There is a clear red yep. line when, you know, someone treats others unfairly at the very least they should apologize quickly mm -hmm. and recognize it because that happens we have up and downs we can be yeah. tired you know with the kids and all but there is a line so uh, you know the beautiful thing is that once you have yeah. that you have enough density of that i think it helps sustain and self-reinforce because you know people start teaching their peers about it and it's no longer me being the, the cop and the guardian of the values it's people just you know they love it and they make it live every day so that's really beautiful that's wonderful and i think that's something it shows how things are being put in practice now i understand how that is done in sleek now i love to hear how that is taught to five-year-old and seven-year-old Sons. Ha, it's a very good question. I think my wife and I, we see we are good co-founders of our two two boys. I think we, we really see, you know, we have the same set of values and uh, it's very rare we disagree about certain, you know, directions and what is right, what is wrong. So that's mm. the first starting point. I think we have a clear vision of what we, we consider good or not good. How we do it at home is, I think... And very much the same way I do in business is I don't micromanage mm. them. I just teach them the principles and what I consider to be important, their goals. You know, you want to have freedom to do whatever you want later, then, you know, study hard at school because there is no, no mm. other way, right? And you want people to treat you nicely, never be a bully, treat others nicely. Mm. You don't need to be friends with everyone, but, you know, at least don't be mean to anyone ever. 
And, and so very simple things like that, yeah. but I hammer it. <laughs> and so it's very clear for them that there is no ambiguity of what I expect. And the rest they manage. I think they are so smart and so different that they, they are so good. You know, you don't need to do much, I think. Give them freedom and space and they, they, they develop their own ways yeah yeah which are very different definitely and i think the part that you also said is about how they are so different uh, that's always also what i heard parents with uh, more than one child say tell me a bit more about the differences uh, between both both your sons and how you came to see and experience that yeah what one is super i think it's striking i mean they look alike but yeah. one is <laughs> very much an indoor person he read book all the time. He can right. read books and he speaks like he uses words that I seldomly use because he, he got that from the book in French, and he knows a lot of things. He asked for his, you know, wanted a, a present last time, and he asked for a world map, and so he started to learn all the capitals and the countries, and so that's my eldest one. And we haven't really been hardcore on having him learn these kind of more academical things. And the other one is very outdoor. So he keeps on, you know, digging in the dirt, looking for insects. He has an ant farm at home. And, you know, when I go fishing, I love fishing. So when I go fishing in France, he, he, he's right behind me and he wants to learn everything. And, you know, when he, he came back last Last winter, you, you know, his best memory of the whole winter was when daddy caught a big bike. And so he told awesome. that to his, to his team and uh, to his teacher. And so like, <laughs> and there was Christmas and Santa and all the presents, but yet the best memory of the holidays was daddy catching a fish. So That's awesome. Very yeah. fun. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I, and I love that they are so different, but they also have uh, ways and means to kind of express themselves. So maybe just yeah. also on that, right, Julian, because you grew up in the French culture, yeah, right now in a Singapore and Asian culture, maybe what was one or two differences in, say, parenting styles that you might have observed? Right? Ah, well, I don't know what it is to be raised in an Asian you know, culture or Asian parents. What I think is, <laughs> I see the first major difference is I was raised, there was no screen around. Mm, yes. And that makes a huge difference, I think. Huge. Uh, so we try to maintain that. Yep. And I see that's probably more common amongst French. We don't have a TV. We don't have screens at home for the kids. They are just allowed, right. you know, one cartoon every every couple of weeks or something like that right not more than that so wow so it's a lot okay. of and my wife is the is the is the champion of that she's really strong on the these principles uh, i could be a bit more you know flexible but yeah. uh, i think that's a major difference is that we have i think you know we need to cut ourselves from the screen and not the kids and i think yes that's the big Correct. difference that I observe is not so much cultural than than uh, generational. I think. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And I think this is this is very interesting, right? The relationship with screens, because I mean, especially during COVID, which we just came out of working from home, you and your wife are probably in front of the screens a lot, right? As part and parcel of work, was yep. it ever a challenge to kind of navigate that relationship your children have with screens, or yeah, what 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 was the approach? towards it, right? Was there any challenges around it? Well, it's really when you, you get very tired that you are tempted to put them in front of the screen to have some peace. Like, I mean, the only exception to anything I said is in the plane. Uh, in the plane, you don't want to manage them for 12 hours when you yes. take a long flight to Europe, right? For sure. So that's the time yeah. where they can watch like, anything <laughs> they want with all that, you know, free flow. 
everything else we are tough i think the main problem seriously is more us than our kids because we are much more addicted to it than the kids i think they don't miss something that they have not drawn accustomed to and i see them earlier you the earlier the more addicted you get right so we are fortunate and we are very happy to be getting the roi now that we struggle to you know read them stories all the time and even so much more my wife to be fair and honest so now now is good time where you you get you know the benefits of it makes sense makes sense so I'm going to shift gears a little, Julian. I also ask also about the practicalities of having parents who are uh, part of your team, uh, part of your company. See, one of the things, especially for new parents, especially let's say for moms, it's the four months maternity leave. For dads, they take the two weeks. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, they have to be there often for their children. There's childcare leave. So essentially, I guess there's this sometimes this challenge, right? That parents in tech in particular face that on one hand, you want to be there for your family and you yourself are adjusting, learning to be a parent. But on the other hand, tech moves so quickly. A tech startup moves even faster. You just always have to be on top of things. Like, talk to me how you navigate that relationship uh, and help your employees who are parents or going to be parents navigate these dynamics. Yeah. Well, I think the first point I'd like to make is I, I try to never ask or expect from someone else what I would not do myself. And so I think, you know, and, and being a dad myself, I, I understand people's challenges. And I tend to be extremely understanding and empathetic. Right? So yeah. we, you know, I, I think that's the first thing is we are having this understanding from the top helps, I think, in, um, you know, because before I had kids, my start in my first startup was very different. Probably I, I was not even aware, but, you know, you don't, you don't really see things and you don't see the world the same way uh the second second thing is i think my leaders and my manager most of them are parents and there is a reason is because i think if you can manage your family and your kids i think managing business is much is quite it's quite an easy piece uh, compared to managing your your family and your kids yeah. right and there is you know you can be a good leader without having kids for sure there's plenty of them yeah. but when you are a parent, that teaches you, I think, a lot about management, delegation, yeah. time management, stress management, you know, all these things that are quite fundamental in building managing teams. And so yeah. I, I like to value that more than, I see that more as a more opportunity than nice. a problem. Nice, nice. Uh, and maybe for, for you, right, what is perhaps one thing that you learned from being a parent and took it into work, into your professional life? I, I think it's really being more patient and pathetic. Because mm. I think, you know, when you have kids like the startup, right, you fail a lot of time more than you succeed, especially your first, you know, it's, it's constantly struggling and things not going the way you want. And, and it just teaches your patience, you know, working in their tiredness. And you are just more, you know, just more focused long term and less rash or less, you know, radical in your in your thinking, in your decision making. I think that yeah. makes you a, a much better leader. I mean, I'm... I think humbly a, a better leader or, or worse, you know, than, than I was before, having having learned that. <laughs> yeah. 
Got it, got it. And I think that that really also shows in the way that you have led and built the company, right? I think in preparation for this, one of the things that I noticed is the huge emphasis on culture, that Sleek has a head of culture, which is pretty rare for startups of, of your size, and also quite active in the whole CRSR space. So talk to me a bit more about those two things, right? Like that this ability to, to think long-term really shows but would love to hear a bit more about the thinking behind that whole investment into this these areas. Yep. Yeah. So on the culture, yes, we have a head of culture, Aisha. I think that she was meant for the role and she started with Sleek as a receptionist and she's became our head of HR and culture for Singapore. And, you know, through the year, just through like being a, a good person and being, you know, impersonating the values every day continuously so i think to me culture is the one thing that you know is the glue that puts it and keeps it all together in good time or bad time is really the culture and the values and having a strong one is important you can you know startup is not linear you will have good time bad time and the one thing that will prevent it from collapsing in bad times is i think culture having set of people that are united they know what are they here for they know what the company stands for they know what to expect from their bosses, their colleagues, etc. So it gives a lot more. Absolutely. You know, it, it shields you and it protects yeah. you from the the noise and the up and downs. So that's on the culture piece. The CSI is mm. really more my other baby because as you get, so I, I've always been aware, but I think as you get kids, you feel it's, it's much more stressful as a parent to leave them like such a shitty planet in such a, a bad state right like pollution wars and you know all that and so you yeah. feel like you have to do something because it's no longer yeah. a possibility it's real and it's gonna you know you, you want to as much as you can humbly to leave the planet and the you know the world in a in not too bad a state to your kids and that is just a powerful yeah. engine i think to move to action rather than just being sad and anxious so we yeah. decided that we would be carbon neutral. And so our industry, like the CoopSec, the accountant, like you see boxes of paper being moved around for no reason. And so yeah. everything we do is just the opposite, right? We don't have any decent printer in the entire sleep. We use like kind of home printer, black and white scanner is super yes. nice. It's the hundred bucks scanner. And so we want to do everything digital. Every time we take transport, we, yeah. we offset. The, the carbon, you know, emissions from that. So yeah. we try to be really, you know, yeah. quite, quite radical because I think it's important for, for all of us as sneakers, as parents and future parents. And we are very proud of that. And that goes into reinforcing your, I know we don't do it for bragging or for marketing, right? We really do it for ourselves because we know it, we can afford it. And that reinforces the culture and the sense of belonging that our staff have with sleep. That's wonderful. It's really the ethos that you guys are part of a broader ecosystem. You're part of the world. You're part of the community. And yeah. it's not just about, of course, making money, growing is super important. That probably has to come first. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter and it wouldn't be sustainable. Exactly. But alongside the journey, there are just these small actions that you can take so that you don't leave behind anything negative and in fact, bring something positive uh, in all aspects that, that you have done. Yeah, and you, you will get uh, a huge ROI indirectly. It's long term, but you know, especially the millennials, the most intelligent ones will have mm. will want to make an impact. Will want to work for this kind of cultures. And so, if you have it, that definitely helps get the right talents, which itself helps make a better business. So, I think you have a lot of, 
you know, positive and reinforcing forces here. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. This has been a really inspiring conversation, Julian. To sort of wrap up our time today, if there's one piece of advice you could give to parents in tech, what would it be? Well, parents in tech, if you're thinking of being an entrepreneur, I think you should go for it because I think really being a parent is being an entrepreneur. You you have a co-founder to deal with, you have big plans and you have reality that sometimes are very far apart mm. and you need to adjust, you need to iterate again and again and that teaches you humility and patience. And so I, I think, you know, it's really, uh, I see a lot of commonalities between being a parent and an entrepreneur. And so I think any parent in tech should think of themselves as entrepreneurs. And I know a lot of people are sometimes shy of, you know, crossing the river and become their own yeah. boss. I think, you know, if you are parents, you've definitely yeah. crossed a much bigger river than any business. Correct. It's a journey. It's crossing the river that irreversible, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Julian, for do people who want to connect with you, connect with Sleek, what are the best ways to do so? I'm an old man. I'm an old dad. So find me on LinkedIn. I don't have Instagram. I don't have much Twitter. So yeah, LinkedIn. And you know, I'm always happy to sure. meet and discuss with fellow founders and parents in Singapore uh, where I'm based. So thank you. Thanks a lot for the you know very enjoyable discussion. Uh, no problem. Well, thank you so much, Julian. And we'll include your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Parents in Tech podcast with me, your host, Tsingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www.parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback, or suggestion. Once again, the website is www parents.fm That's all for this episode folks. See you next time.